There's no doubt, there's no question that he's going to end up as one of my best, one of my most exciting discoveries of 2021. You know, when you find someone and you either read their books or their essays or writings or tweets, or you see, you see them in a movie or you watch a, you like you consume content that someone has created. And the first time you consume it, you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is incredible. And there's this thrill of discovering something new that has significant value. Like for some of you, it's it's in the area of food. For some of you, it's in movies. Some of you, it's comedy. Some of you, it's art. Some of whatever whatever it might be. For me, it's in thinking. Someone who's who thinks in a really interesting way and has gained a ton of wisdom and is sharing it, and you discover you're like, whoa. This person is really worth listening to, and I'm going to introduce you to that person in this episode. Let's go. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders, and this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. Hey, by the way, before we get to who I want to introduce you to today in this episode, um, I'm doing this 30-day challenge. And no, this, <laughs> this is not a sales pitch. I just, you may be interested, you might not. This is probably a whole other episode, actually, but I'll just mention it here real quick. I, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, and I'm not like a, I haven't been a big Twitter guy, although a few episodes ago I mentioned that I'm getting back into it because I like unfollowed everyone that's politically motivated in the whole world. So like there's nobody in my Twitter feed now that says anything about anything political and uh, <laughs> it makes my life so much more peaceful because I still think the same thing I've always thought, which is the people on the left are wrong. The people on the right are wrong. The answer is somewhere in the middle and both parties are evil. Um, you can think differently and that's fine. I'm probably wrong. I just don't even care anymore. I'm going to let them all destroy each other and I'm going to be a uh, happy and thriving over here. That's what I finally decided after last year. Um, and, uh, the election, you know, just like, okay, get, get, and, and I was on Twitter a lot and following a lot of political types. And I just got like, I got angry. And, uh, and so I didn't like Twitter, but now, um, man, am I finding a ton of value on it? And so long story short is, uh, I'm taking part in this 30 day challenge, which is some of you do like fitness challenges, no sugar challenges, whatever. Um, have fun with that. <laughs> I'm doing a 30 day writing challenge because one of the skills I'm working on is creating more content. How do I, how do I jack that up? And obviously I've been doing this podcast now for three years. I've been posting every day on LinkedIn. I've gained over 2000 followers on LinkedIn in just the last couple of months, which is kind of crazy cool. And, and just like, I'm trying to expand my reach in one of the ways that I impact more leaders or impact more people and and try to do good out there is through creating content and so i'm paying people and i'm tr- i'm i'm looking for people who can help me do that and um one of the things that i found is 
a couple of guys who um, who charge you to be part of this 30 day challenge. It's called ship 30 for 30. I'm not advocating it. It's just if you want to kind of see what I'm doing or if you have any interest in reading some of these essays, I'm putting out like a 200 word essay every day for 30 days. You have to write and publish every day for 30 days. And it's I'm like I'm in like four or five days into it. And it's super cool because my essays are OK. They're all right. But um, but I'm finding that the process now I, I get it why they're having me do this, because it's causing me to think and it's causing me to come up with ideas and uh, more on this in another episode. I, I, I should do it justice because it's really interesting what I'm learning going through this process. So we'll do that in an episode in the next couple of weeks. But if you're interested in kind of seeing that content, I'm pushing it out on Twitter. You can follow me at Russ Leeds. And um, you can see some of the some of the stuff that I'm pushing out. Okay, Naval Ravikant, Naval Ravikant. I'd never heard of him. Like, where have I been? But I'd never heard of Naval until this year, 2021. And I was looking through YouTube for some specific content, and I stumbled upon Naval. Like, no one recommended him to me. I didn't see him anywhere else. I just stumbled on him. And I watched or I listened to a few minutes of an interview with him. And I went, oh, my gosh, like this guy is really smart and he's got like no agenda and he's really humble. It's wild. And the trends that he is seeing in society and in the workplace and in professions, I think he's dead on. Like, I think he's 100 percent accurate. And so I started just consuming content. I downloaded podcasts and I texted a few people and said, you got to check this out. And then I, I've used it with some clients and some coaching folks. And I've used it in a couple of um, um, speeches that I've given in virtual settings in the last few weeks. And then I bought this book that somebody published where they took all of his tweets. Like, just think about this for a second. Some dude took a bunch of tweets that Naval Ravikant had put together and they transcribed podcast interviews he had done with people like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and whatever else over the last few years. And they, they transcribed all of that and they published a book, clearly getting this guy's permission. I think they got Naval's permission. And I bought that and I'm like devouring it. Like, he, like I had to go find the highlighter in our house. I'm like, where is it? Oh, it's in the kitchen drawer. Okay. So find the highlighter, move it to my bedside table and you should look at the pages of the almanac of Naval Ravikant. That's what they call it. And I'll put links to a bunch of this stuff, like um, the interviews that I, some of the interviews I found, the link to the book that I've, that I purchased. It's a real unconventional book. I bought the paperback version. And it, again, it, Naval didn't write it. It's just a collection of a bunch of his writings. I'm finding tons of value in it. Here is the short version. And then I want to play for you in a minute. I'm going to hit play and you're going to hear about like a seven to 10 minutes, I think it is, um, clip of, um, of Naval talking to Joe Rogan. And I think you're going to find massive value in it. It's going to, it's going to, some of you will, most of you will, I think the way he thinks, and it's going to cause you to think differently. Here's, here's the quick headline about the value Naval is giving to me. He's causing me to think about how organizations are structured, companies are structured, corporations, 
And you've heard me rant about this in some recent episodes, and this is going to help you understand some of what's been behind me thinking about this differently. Like this journey that I've been on leaving corporate world, my last podcast episode, I talked about no longer having a salary, no longer having any benefits tied to an employer, not working for a company anymore. And the transformation that's gone on in my life as I've gone through that and all the learning and gaining and freedom that I'm feeling. And the, and, and I'll talk more in, in upcoming episodes about that journey. Now, listen, I know some of you have no desire to work for yourself and you have no desire to be on your own and you have no desire, whatever, like you're in the corporate world and you want to stay there or you're the CEO or a senior executive of a fortune 50 company and you kind of want this model to keep working. Okay. I get it. And, and so I'm not advocating that everyone move away from that. I am, I am on this bent right now. Like I'm on a rage about finding what you value most. This is an upcoming episode because I'm working on content with um, with a partner on this, somebody who I've worked with for years, and we spent three days in my basement last week on a digital whiteboard mapping this out, and I'm super excited to, to talk more about it. It's called Unstuck in 30, and it's coming your way soon. I'm super jacked about us making this available to thousands of people in the coming weeks and months. More about Unstuck in 30 coming up. But so we're thinking about, and, and one of the things that we, 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 we were talking about in our conversation is that there's tons of value in listing out the five things, the three to five things that you value most. Think about your your professional life, your career, your just in life in general. What do you, so, so like one of the top five for me was creating content. And when I had clarity on creating content, that that was one of the five things that I valued most. And then I realized that I was in a situation where I wasn't allowed to do that. I couldn't publish my first book for two years. I had written it on these plane flights and in hotel rooms and I had hired an editor and I'd hired a copywriter and the whole stinking thing was done. And I had the proof from Amazon sitting on my bedside table and I couldn't publish it. And I was stuck. And so I've done a lot of thinking about this. So if you look at the things that you value most and you look at the experiences that you're having, what you, most of us, the vast majority of us will find is we're stuck. Someone or something is blocking our progress on some of those things. And I'm convinced that there's huge, like the human desire is to be free, to get over and around those obstacles and create progress towards the things that we value. And, and so how do we do that? And I'm also convinced that the, 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 there's a lot of friction and a lot of challenges in our current, the current way we do things and in the way corporations are structured and, and, um, and Naval Ravikant really helped me see some of these things. So I'm going to hit play here and shut up because this episode should be about him, not me. And, uh, Naval gets you thinking about freedom and what the basic human needs really are and how we're wired and what the future probably looks like. He could be wrong on some of this stuff. I happen to believe he's right. So what I'm going to play for you is a clip that I found on YouTube. Somebody took and put some music behind and some video to some of the things he said in this interview with Joe Rogan. And, uh, and so you're going to hear some music and it's not, it's, these are just clips put together, uh, from this interview. And I think it's pretty powerful. So I want you to listen to it. I want you to, I want you, I want to see what you think. And then I'll put links in the show notes 
So you can swipe up or over in whatever app you're using. If you want to actually listen or watch the whole interview with Joe Rogan, I'll put the link to that so you can do that. It's like two hours long. It's way too long. But there's a lot of there there lot there's lots of good things that they talk about in that podcast interview. Some things I don't care about, but and then I'll put a link to his interview with uh, uh, um, Tim Ferriss, and then I'll put a link to the almanac of Naval Ravikant. Um, that I found on Amazon that I'm finding a ton of value in. So if any of this stuff resonates with you, if it, if it's relevant, if you find value in it, those links are there. If you don't find value in it, um, that's weird. <laughs> no, it, that might be the case, but I think you're going to find tons of value in one of my discoveries of 2021 that I'm most excited about. And his name is Naval Ravikant. And I should tell you, actually, before I hit play, Naval is an angel investor. He's invested. He's created multiple companies. He's based out in the Silicon Valley in the U.S. He's a um, he's a thinker, and and he's uh, he's been extremely successful in creating wealth and building companies and selling them, as well as investing in as a venture capitalist and a lot of other companies so he's working in innovation and technology and all these spaces and along the way he's clearly been been thinking a lot like why do we do things the way we do and what's the future look like and how are people wired and what's wrong with the way we're currently working and all of that has motivated him to tweet and uh and and put some thoughts out that's where he actually gained a lot gained a lot of fame was on twitter just pushing out little thoughts and suddenly people started to see them. They went viral years ago. And uh, and then he did some of these interviews and the rest is history. Here is Naval. There are three things everybody wants. Everybody wants to be wealthy. Everybody wants to be happy. And everybody wants to be fit. I know there's a lot of virtue signaling that goes on. Like we don't want money and I don't care about being happy. And happiness is for stupid people. Mm-hmm. But let's face it. Like you want to be rich and happy and healthy. Yeah. Like that's the trifecta they can actually be taught, right? And a fitness, I'm not going to teach. There are a lot of people who know a heck of a lot more about fitness and health than I do. But I was born poor and miserable, and uh, I'm now pretty well off and I'm very happy. I worked at those, and so I've learned a few things. There are some principles. I've been carrying them in my head for 30 years, Mm. and I've been sort of living them. We like to view the world as linear. I'm going to put in eight hours of work. I'm going to get back eight hours of output, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. The guy running the corner grocery store is working just as hard or harder than you and me. How much output is he getting? What you do, who you do it with, how you do it, way more important than how hard you work, right? Mm. Outputs are nonlinear based on the quality of the work that you put in. The right way to work is like a lion, You and I are not like cows. We're not meant to graze all day, mm-hmm. right? We're meant to hunt like lions. We're closer to carnivores in our omnivorous development than we are to herbivores. As a modern knowledge worker athlete, as an intellectual athlete, you want to function like an athlete. Which means you train hard. Then you sprint. Then you rest. Then you reassess. You get your feedback loop. This idea that you're going to have linear output just by cranking every day at the same amount of time, that's machines. Mm-hmm. You know, Machines should be working 9 to 5. Humans are not meant to work 9 to 5. 
If you go back to hunter-gatherer times, how we evolved, we basically worked for ourselves. We communicated and cooperated within tribes, but each hunter, each gatherer stood on their own and then combined their resources with the family unit. But there was no boss hierarchy, hierarchy, mm, hierarchy, yeah. where you're like the third middle manager down. In the farming age, we became a little bit more hierarchical as we had to run farms, but even those were still mostly family farms. It's industrial work with factories that sort of created this model of thousands of people working together on one thing and having bosses and schedules and times to show up. The reality is, I don't care how rich you are, I don't care whether you're like a top Wall Street banker, if somebody can tell you when to be at work and what to wear and how to behave, you're not a free person, you're not actually rich. So we're in this model now where we think it's all about employment and jobs. And intrinsic in that is that I have to work for somebody else. But the information age is breaking that down. Information technology is making it easier and easier to do these transactions externally. It's becoming much easier to communicate with people. I can send you small amounts of money. I can hire you through an app. I can rate you afterwards. We're seeing an atomization of the firm. We're seeing the optimal size of the firm shrinking. It's most obvious in Silicon Valley. Tons and tons of startups constantly coming up and shaving off little pieces of businesses from large companies and turning them into huge markets. So what looked like the small little vacation rental market on Craigslist is now suddenly blown up into Airbnb. But what I think we're going to see is whether it's 10, 20, 50, 100 years from now, high-quality work will be available. We're not talking about driving an Uber. We're talking about super high-quality work will be available in a gig fashion where you'll wake up in the morning, your phone will buzz, and you'll have five different jobs from people who have worked with you in the past or have been referred to. You decide where to take the project or not. The contract is right there on the spot. You get paid a certain amount. You get rated every day or every week. You get the money delivered. And then when you're done working, you turn it off and you go to Tahiti or wherever you want to spend the next three months. And I think the smart people have already started figuring out that the internet enables this, and they're starting to work more and more remotely on their own schedule, on their own time, on their own place, with their own friends, in their own way. And that's actually how we are the most productive. The information revolution, by making it easier to communicate, connect, and cooperate, is allowing us to go back to working for ourselves. And that is my ultimate dream. Even when I run a company and I have employees, I always tell those people, hey, I'm going to help you start your company when you're ready, because I think that's the highest calling. So this idea that we're all factory-like cogs in a machine who are specialized and have to do things by rote memorization or instruction is going to go away, and we're going to go back to being small groups of creative bands of individuals setting out to do missions. And when those missions are done, we collect our money, we get rated, and then we rest and reassess until we're ready for the next sprint. I think people have to be very careful to not get trapped along the way with things that you can afford with your current lifestyle, but they're also imprisoning you in the fact that you are now going to have to work this 40-hour-a-week job. Working for things as rewards right. is a real trap. It's the biggest one. There are two great addictions, heroin and a monthly salary. <laughs> right? And that's why you can't get rich renting out your time. Because yes. even when you start charging more and more for your time, it's a slow upgrade loop. 
you upgrade your house at the same time, yeah. you upgrade your car at the same time, you move in the neighborhood. Even lawyers and doctors who are charging three, four, five hundred dollars an hour, they're not getting rich because their lifestyle is slowly ramping up along yes. with their income and they're not saving enough. So the first thing you have to do is you have to own a piece of business. You need to have equity, either as an owner, an investor, shareholder, uh, or a brand that you're building that accrues to you to gain your financial freedom. Essentially, what you want to get everybody to is retirement, but not retirement in the I'm 65 years old sitting in a nursing home collecting a check retirement. Different definition. Retirement is when you stop sacrificing today for some imaginary tomorrow. How do you get there? Well, one is you can have so much money saved up that just your passive income off of that without you having to lift a finger covers your burn rate, keep your burn rate low, right? Mm -hmm. A second is you just drive your burn rate down to zero. You become a monk. A third is you're doing something you love. You enjoy it so much, it's not about the money. Right. So there are multiple ways to that path. But the most common is people just say, I need to make more money. And the kind of wealth creation that I talk about is about creating timeless principles and adapting yourself so that making money won't be an issue. And you can do it by doing what you love. Right? Like we get into this model of, I must work for other people, work my way up the ladder. I must like do what that person is doing to make money. But really, today in society, you get rewarded for creative work, for creating something brand new that society didn't even know yet that it wanted, that doesn't know how to get other than through you. So the most powerful money makers are actually individual brands, people like yourself, or Elon, or Kanye, or Oprah, or Trump, right? These are individual brands, eponymous name brands, who themselves are leveraged. You're leveraged. You have podcast media going out to everybody. That's leveraged. The podcasts work for you when you sleep. They have knowledge that nobody else has, which is your knowledge is the knowledge of being Joe Rogan. I mean, who else is a UFC commentator and a podcaster and a comedian and, you know, interested in all these things and knows all these people? Can't replace you. So we have to pay you what you're worth. Because of this unique, what I call specific knowledge, because of the accountability that you have with your name, because of the leverage that you have through your media, you're a money-making machine. I'm sure at this point I could make you start over tomorrow, wipe out your bank account, you'd be rich again in no time because you have all the skill sets. So the way to get out of that competition trap is actually to be authentic. Find the thing that you know how to do better than anybody. And you know how to do that better than anybody because you love to do it. Be authentic and then figure out how to map that to what society actually wants. Apply some leverage. Put your name on it so you take the risks, but you gain the rewards. Have ownership and equity in what you do and then just crank it out. There's these six dirty words. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. That is a terrible trap. I mean, look, I grew up as a first-generation immigrant in Jamaica, Queens, with zero money, single mom, two kids, working day and night, going to school. I washed dishes. I was mowing lawns. I was working since the age of 11, on and off here and there. It's not to say that it's easy. It's right. not easy. It's, it's not actually easy. really freaking hard. Yeah. It is the hardest thing you will do. But it's also the rewarding thing. You know, look at the kids who are born rich. No meaning to their lives. 
your real resume is just a cataloging of all your suffering, right? <laughs> If I were to ask you to describe your real life to yourself, and you look back on your deathbed, you're going to go back and say, "What are the interesting things I've done?" And it's all going to be around the sacrifices that you made and the hard things that you did. So you have to do hard things anyway to create your own meaning in life. Making money is a fine one. How good is that? Like so many things to think about, right? So I'm going to shut up and let you process on what you just heard. The links to more from Naval are in the show notes. You see why I think he's one of my best discoveries of 2021. Maybe some of you, I'm sure some of you have been aware of Naval long before me. Man, I can't believe it's taken me so long to find him. I just love finding people with original thoughts, people who are sharing wisdom gained through experience. It's just so stinking valuable to me. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Lots more content from Naval in the show notes. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Are you getting my emails as well? Every week, I'm writing an article designed to strengthen your ability to lead others. Are you seeing these? If you're not, join the more than 5,000 people who are reading them. They've subscribed for free. Just go to RussHill.me. Start getting those weekly leadership articles at RussHill, my name, dot M-E. At that site, by the way, you can also learn more about my online courses and coaching sprints if you've got interest in that as well. RussHill.me. Hill.me.